Matt has given me a headache. <laughs> yeah, it's given me a headache too. Uh, welcome to episode 183 of Together BHA. Uh, similarly to a couple of weeks ago where we played uh, the bogey team, West Ham, that hate playing us, uh, our curse against following the Premier League continues. Uh, five games, three draws, two losses, uh, and never really looking like winning this one either. Um Interesting topics of discussion tonight. Um, one of them was actually brought up by a couple of the uh, journos not named Andy Naylor, I suppose. Um, do you think, first and foremost, uh, that this starting 11, as we always touch on first things first, do you think it was a message uh, to the board about the lack of striker or the lack of belief in, in the depth options Graham has today? Uh, or do you think that this was uh, Graham trying to be clever Um i.e. Liverpool in a couple of games last season. I think I think he's I think it's the latter. I don't think it's a, a message per se. Um, you know, Welbeck was on the bench and he came on. Um I just think he got it wrong today. Uh I don't know. <laughs> I mean we I looked at it and I was like, okay, we're putting for Welbeck. I was like, how? Why? What are we gonna shape up as? And that first half was pretty miserable. So uh yeah. I, we're obviously recording straight after the game and got people joining the chat, but I still have no idea what that was about. Yeah, I, we we did discuss in the last couple of recordings is what are the options to play the way Potter wants to play, given the, the squad depth. Um, I didn't expect this one, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, I even in my wildest dreams, I know we played similar to this in a couple of games last season, like you mentioned, Josh, but um, this felt like option F further down the alphabet somewhere there for me um, than anything else. Um, I I did say last time around that, you know, as I'm not worried, but some, some people may be worried foolishly about Dennis and Dev. Uh, he clearly isn't trusted yet, unless it's it's a hail mary at the end of the game. Um, it was a it was a bizarre one, but I think it was to answer your actual question. It was Potter basically admitted he was wrong by switching to four at the back about ten minutes in. Um, that was kind of I've seen enough. We need to change this, and it's not like he was going to take Mwepu off in the fifteen minute mark, but Mourinho esque kind of substitution. Um, I think he just let it play out and hope the tactics would would prevail. Um, but it was one of the ugliest first halves of football I think I've watched in a while, just from a purely a boredom standpoint more than anything. But we were pretty drab. The pitch was crap. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, that was that. Yeah, that, that pitch wasn't it, great. Yeah, they were. It was everybody was on skates, weren't it? In that first, like, well, the first half entirely. Um, everyone was all over the place. It just looked very odd. Um, I think the obvious thing we're missing today. Uh, especially in that first half where Fulham were happy to kind of just set up shop um, and and let us try and play at them whenever we did have the ball. Um, And we did have more of the ball. Uh, We just did nothing with it. Um, And it was really a case of just setting up those, those flat banks of of, of four at the back and not allowing us to get forward. And, and that was apparent from the word go uh, that we had nobody running at that back line at all. 
um, we had a team full of midfielders, um, which is funny because that's exactly what we what we put out there. Uh, so, you know, whether whether Undav is trusted or not yet, um, I did find it quite surprising that we were really going to do this and attempt uh, whatever that was. Um, like you, Adam, I, I didn't expect this to be whatever the, this was today. Um, it made little to no sense to me, um, especially against a team that are very physical uh, and and like to hit on the break and are very good at it, hence their goal. Um, both goals, really. They, they caught us unaware on both. Um, so I was surprised to see us play in a way and set up in a way that's so built to play a lot of fancy football in front of them and allow them to do exactly what they did. Um, I said it at halftime on Twitter today. I thought it's the first time Potter has got it wrong, but he got it really wrong. Um, and by the time the, came, the time came to be able to do some substitutions in the second half, it was it just felt a little bit too late, didn't it? Because at that point it was chaos, um, and it and it could have been four three five four whatever it ended up. You know, it could have ended up at any point in time with any amount of goals scored because uh, that back line today um, switching from three to four to three to four. How uncomfortable did they all look today? They did not look at it whatsoever, including Big Bob's almost absolute disaster last there as well. Yeah, I mean, that would have just been the icing on the cake of just, just silliness, wouldn't it? If you just, oh, what is, I don't even understand what he was doing. He sort of flapped a bit, went over his head. Like, uh, just, if, if it's, just punch it if you don't think you do anything with it. Uh, I think Andy Naylor, one of Andy Naylor's tweets uh, summed up the first half in some ways for me. It's Graham Potter is beckoning the forward players to push up and close the space when Fulham have the ball in their own half lying too deep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are because there's zero focal point at all. Um, what worries me a little bit, and by the way, I don't think this was all all downsides. I think there were a few things in the game that, that were positive. We're still in a really good position um, and nobody can change the history of the games that we played already this season to put us in an amazing place. Um, definitely a couple of winnable games as well after this one. Um, it's if, if Welbeck is the answer, right? And I know we've all been very, 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 very high on Welbeck. He's been doing an amazing job. Um, that You have to worry. Like if we do not have a sufficient plan B, if we don't play Danny Welbeck, that is a problem for a number of reasons. Uh, and to me, if this is plan B, I'm concerned. I'm concerned and I, and I want to see something happen in the next 48 hours. Or I think we'll have to um, sit around in a seance and pray that Danny Welbeck doesn't do what Danny Welbeck does, get injured. <laughs> yeah, send us your hair, fans. <laughs> we'll, we'll use it for some kind of voodoo spell or something. It. it but it also means that we don't think Undav is the answer either. I think that's that's the the real crushing point. Is, no one could have know, predicted this. If if they, you know, you you have more play going out a few days ago, you're like right, okay, because Undav is the plan B. Then if we're going to start Welbeck every game and and we need something to change, or if there's a physical team where Undav can throw himself about a bit and be a bit petulant, then I thought that this was the game where he could do it. Um, but. We don't go with either um, and wait until we're 2-0 down to make any sufficient changes. And other than reverting to a back four, like you said, about five, six minutes in. Um, yeah, tactically, 
from from our standpoint, obviously, uh, a pinch of salt. But it, it was wrong to me. And like you said, you, if you're lying deep and there's no recognized forward on the pitch, then you can stay there. And it just never created any problems. It, it almost feels like we talk about Potter being Pep-esque, don't we? Or people do. Mm. This felt like Pep overthinking a game. Uh, like t- too smart for his own good a little bit and just go with a simple option, mate. Just just play a normal 11. Uh, and Wepu's not really look particularly... Uh, it's a bit unfair to judge him, but he's not really had a go this season and this was a bit of an unfair place to put him in as well. Some, some question marks there too. But yeah, it felt, it felt like the Champions League final Pep-based team for me. <laughs> yeah, and if you're bringing in Wepu, who has who is only had you know, 10, 20 minutes every game, don't bring him in to then have him play a role that's not his normal role. Uh, don't bring on Dennis Undab and have him play left winger. Uh, not sure what that was all about, but he he wasn't a striker today when he did come on. Um, but that was that was a throw of the dice, wasn't it? At the end, I think we were out of options at that point. Yeah, it's just lob, lobbing anywhere. I mean, you say we're out of options, but we did waste a whole hour playing without any focal point whatsoever. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, like, do you know what I mean? What, like, what a what a waste of time! Like, just a hopeless shape. Like, there was no there was no outlet. There was no runner. Even even Mopé used to do that, right? Like he was when he would be up there on his own, he was at least annoying and pressed well. Uh, he just wasn't quick enough to to stretch him uh, when the ball would come up lot. But yeah, like if if we're at game four and these games are going to come thick and fast because of the cursed World Cup, and they're going to be the same way after the fact too. So as soon as the World Cup's over, they're still like cramped in. If if Potter doesn't trust Undav to start when Welbeck isn't 100% because he's just played 90 minutes at the weekend if he doesn't start him or doesn't trust to start him even at this point like we have to get someone in by Thursday surely like because we can't just go ahead and play Trussard and Welbeck and Gross as a front fake three when they I mean they can't break down Fulham so what's going to happen with the rest of the teams because Fulham were there to be beaten today like yeah. Absolutely. That team was not particularly great today. Um, and we allowed them to look a lot better than they were. And they deserved it too. They were they were much better than us. Um, and it felt like, we've said it a bunch of times, it felt like Brighton beat Brighton today. Um, and honestly, outside of that penalty, what else What else was there that, that we offered? And even then that was lucky because it wasn't really a purposeful thing, was it? He just volley, he just volleyed him by accident. It was a pen, uh, but yeah, it just was very lucky, wasn't it, to just kind of come out of nowhere like that. If you're a Fulham fan, you look at this game and you're just absolutely ecstatic. Um, and weirdly, we ended with 1.79 xG and they ended with 0.79 xG. Uh, I don't calculate that, but I'm not quite sure how that happened. Uh, 0.68 or whatever it is is always a pen. So, so if, you take the, if you take the non-pen XG, you've got the the rest of them. Uh, you got like one, and that's probably a bunch of that's probably Solly March missing that header. Still, yeah, because it still feels too high. That's right, yeah. Solly's guilt edge chance of well that he has every sort of 50, 60 minutes and fails to score. Um, yeah. Fulham, just a moment on them. I know we're a Brighton podcast, but uh, just for us to be wary for future games. Uh, tactically, we're very strong. As soon as they scored those 
I guess that weird first goal, but then that barrage and the second goal happened. But the second goal happened on a counter and a mistake and capitalizing on a mistake. We've heard this one before, right? With the, with the counterattack when we pushed up too far and give the ball away. Then for the last 20 minutes outside of the chaos that ensued after those two goals and the penalty, they did a really, really good job of just basically having solid lines behind the ball. Josh, you commented on that. Um, they wasted time very successfully at the end of the game and they turned six minutes of stoppage time into, frankly, I was looking at my TV going, I'd actually just quite like this to end now um, because it's just going to go back into our corner flag. Uh, and Mitrovic was uh, looked like peak Shearer. Uh, he was using his body remarkably, being that, that really frustrating number nine a truly impressive performance and he and he made our defenders like we're talking about dunk being called up for england dunk looked terrible today webster looked terrible today estupinian essentially cost us that second goal with his mistake and hacked down mitrovic to get a yellow card after the goal um just just quite bad i don't know who someone said in the chat it, i mean was anyone over six out of ten performance wise? I, th- I honestly think our best players was mitoma for like 25 minutes. I thought Lamptey played well as well. Um, I, I really want to see him start though, because I don't know whether this is like sub speed or whether he really has got that pace back yet. And it's always hard to know against tired opposition. So like, I would like him to start. Um, but yeah, it's hard to judge on how bad this team was today when everyone was shocking. Um, the <laughs> whole not thing. Chelsea, you know, there is that. Yeah, and we still are on 10 points, uh, which is great. Um, but that team today, I just, I just feel like we don't know what our... Oh, God, I've got to go downstairs in a second. Um, I just don't understand. Um, I I'm really am speechless for the first time all, all, all year. Uh, I, I just don't know what we were, were looking at. I don't know what Potter's idea was. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I was impressed today uh, at the at the way in which Fulham dominated the midfield against a team that has historically battered everybody in the midfield today. Um, and I think that's because they allowed them to push those centre-halves up. Like you were saying, they were allowed to just push up and cram it with mm-hmm. about eight separate players uh, and, and take over that way. Um, do we have anything good to say about any players today? It's the opinion. Let me touch on that, actually, because you noted that he, was, he cost us the goal today. Um, he is... Uh, absolutely not 100% up to speed with the Premier, is he? he took, <laughs> no. And I think that's what cost it. It's what cost him against uh, who did we just play? Leeds. And it's what cost him today. He thinks he's got a second and a half longer than he has. Um, and it cost him at the weekend. Almost cost him at the weekend because he almost scored that own goal. Uh, and it cost him again today because it did cost us a goal. Um, he he looks good going forward. Um he showed that same kind of danger today as he did against Leeds. For me, I thought he looked good going forward, but going back, like physically, obviously he's great, but my God, like he's, he thinks he's got two seconds more than he does. Uh, and in this league, we're going to get punished every time he, he makes that mistake to me. Um, it was, it was rough to watch. Uh, and against a very counter-attack heavy Leicester City this weekend, um, that's a that's a worry for me. Yeah, he's, I mean, you, you've got to give him that time. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. You can clearly see that he's not up to, I guess, 
not up to the standard that that maybe we expect. Um, just yeah. And, and back to what we're seeing in the channel, what we're just seeing. I don't think anyone played well today. So it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, let's try and dig out some positives somewhere. And you know, Lamptey coming on and causing some issues is good. Matomo is very direct. That's exactly what we needed. Someone to run against them. Um, that that three at the front with Trossard, Gross and, and Wepu at the start just isn't cause them any problems. They push up. We have no one to run in behind because we won't. Um, so giving that option and changing that up was necessary, but too late. Um, and too many individual mistakes too. Um, you saw it towards yeah. the end of the game, like with, with Sanchez and, and Webster just... Everyone had. A, I feel like everyone did something stupid right. in, in the in a, the back four or five. Everyone did something dumb. I feel like that ninety second minute is like the epitome of today. Just where Sanchez nearly gave it away. Webster then gets tangled up in the corner flag and gives away a corner, and it's like it's just that's that is today for me. Um, just yeah. in, in a nutshell. Um, but you're right. <laughs> there's there's too many individual errors today. They pushed very hard. They're a very physical side as well. It's not just Mitrovic. They're they're fast. Mm-hmm. They're physical. Um, and whatever whatever the plan was today was obviously thrown out the window very early doors. And we were we were improvising from that point. Yeah, and there's there's lots of comments on the chat as well on some some takes from the game. And and Dan's just posted. Uh, we we play we play well against counter attacking teams as a space for us to attack. We can't break down teams that sit back. I feel like that's been a problem we've had for quite a long time, right? But at the same time, there were opportunities in this game before we imploded, um, and they weren't. We just weren't at the races for quite a bit of it. But even even before they fully, fully, fully sat back, um, there were ways around that that team. Uh, we, we have the ability to, to, to get around that setup. Um, but we, we, we screwed ourselves over. What you can't do in any league, let alone this one, is faff about uh, defending a corner, not properly push back out of your box, which is like basic, basic stuff when a ball bounces around. Um, and then some shanked shot just flows into nowhere. And then, of course, Mitrovic is there because that must what it must be what it feels like to have a, a number nine poacher on your team. And then the, the classic like mistake and counterattack and then Dunk's sort of yearly own goal. Um, <laughs> That's six in the Premier League now. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so after that point, there's not a team in this league that isn't, well, given outside of Man City, Liverpool maybe, but even them, maybe that aren't just going to sit down and be like, you're away from home. It's on a Tuesday. We're 2-0 up. Try and get yourselves out of this one, lads. What are you going to do? We are going to park the bus. There's not many teams that can really get around that, even when you watch some of the greats out there. It's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> it really isn't. So I, I, as much as I sort of, I do agree with you to a certain extent, Dan, I just think we just, there was no way back into this game unless we got relatively lucky and just spanked a shot in from outside the box, which is, it was a bit of a shame not to see NCSO come on for 10 minutes and just see if he could just lump one in. Yeah, we needed a step over, didn't we? Um, oh, yeah. There is, there's, a, there's a reason uh, I've not, because usually, right, with the format of these things, even if we go live immediately, it's very easy to just go through the, the overarching stats, talk about it, look at what that looked like on the pitch. Um, and actually, it's worth talking about, even though I don't want to talk about them, because 
it's very uh, it's very apt due to the conversation you had this week, uh, Adam, with Albion Analytics uh, about Trossard's performance at the weekend and how stats don't always present the full picture and why it's always good to look at the eye test as much as the numbers. Um, and I'll run you through today's perfect example. Today we had sixty percent possession. We had uh, seven shots on. To- uh, we had seven shots. Uh, four on target. They only had three on target. Uh, we had a much better pass success rate. Remember how poor we've been at that recently. Eighty-three percent percent pass success rate. Get my words out. Uh, Ten dribbles to their eight. So we were successful going forward with the ball a lot more often too. Uh, we dispossessed them just as much as they dispossessed us. Uh, the stats, basically, almost all of them were in our favour, barring the you know like the aerial duels, as you would expect, given that they would have been at the back. Um, you know, defensively solid. They had a couple more tackles successful than us as well. But overall, the stats show that we are a dominant team. And if you read into those stats alone, you look like a team that should feel aggrieved today. And yet I think all three of us totally agree that we don't feel aggrieved at all. This was a good full-on performance and they deservedly won that. Um, I'd be, and, I'd, and I'd feel bad if we got a point, judge. Josh. Yeah, it would have felt a bit like, like, oh, we stole that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that goes to show, right, that that it's good that you need the eye test and how important the eye test is as opposed to just talking stats. Um, Because today, look at all that list of numbers that I just read out and all of them showing a pro-Brighton approach. But anybody who watched that would know that that was our worst performance of the season by a million miles, obviously only our fourth, but still a very, very poor performance. None of them were at it. A bad day at the office for every player. And we never really looked like winning it. So it's something to remember when we look at these stats and people will paint them in certain directions. It's always good to watch it. For those of you, especially in the UK, that don't get them uh, all the time, get on a VPN and watch these bad boys when you can't make it. Uh, Maybe skip the first half in this case, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't watch this one back, <laughs> but for the future, um, I, it's it's just an interesting point, especially because we talked about it, well, you talked about it, with Albion Analytics this week about how they don't always represent accurately. Uh, and, and that's why I was kind of loath to touch on them because it felt like such a false positive. Um, but actually, it turns out that that's a really good point to bring up. So just remember, everyone, when you're when you're listening to people post off stats and make it seem how good we were. Sometimes we weren't, uh, and then vice versa. We'll have games this year where our stats look shocking, uh, and and we'll come out with a better result, i.e., a little bit leads this weekend. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's if if you didn't look at the stats and just watch that game, it's very very clear what the actual situation was. Um, but yeah, are you credit to Fulham? Uh, it's, I, I just have to go back. I, I do want us, and we are going to do, we are going to have a chat on Thursday uh, to talk about transfers fully, right? Um, because the window is going to shut and we're going to get really excited and pump up and talk about the inevitable, maybe one signing that we bring in and then loan out um, and the enthralling transfer saga that we've all been biting our nails over of, the superstar Billy Gilmore potentially joining Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, so yes, yeah, stay tuned for that. But I, I want, I do want to go back to that other point. Like how do you guys feel? And I'd be interested to see the people in the chat as well. We don't make any other first team signings 
except maybe Billy Gilmore to give us some sort of cover and central defence. And I'd, by the way, side note, I actually wouldn't mind that signing. I think we're buying low on him. He, he did well in his starts with Lampard at Chelsea. No one's going to, you could put Neymar and Messi in that, in that Norwich team last year. And I don't think it would have made a difference. So I, I'm interested in that signing. But if we just he do also, that. Just to add, he's also counts as homegrown, which is huge. That's actually pretty good. Um, that is actually pretty good. He plays for the, the Scottish national team, doesn't he? The, are you happy with that? Or are you sad and, and frustrated if we only sign Billy Gilmore as the only first team signing for the rest of the transfer window? I I want another forward, whether it's just an out-and-out striker or whether it's some other option in that front three that we seem to be happy playing. Um, just in the ability to rotate and um, these games are going to come thick and fast you're going through very heavy periods with the world cup as well you're trying to fit 38 games in one less month than maybe you're used to um so you are going to have those games come very quickly uh and just from a, a tactics perspective and from a personnel perspective i think we just need another option um so agree on billy gilmore 100 i think it's a very it's a very shrewd sign and if it comes off especially I have to be permanently, but if, if it does come off, um, but I, I still want to see a, a signing in that forward three. I don't, I don't necessarily think out and out striker. We desperately need one. I think we need another attacking option and I wouldn't mind if it came on the left or the right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and it seems that we're definitely after one, right? Like there's a bunch of names out there and all of them are, all of them are offensive players barring Gilmore. Um, Everyone else is isn't for every rumor that drops is an offensive one. We had so. eleven offensive players on the pitch today, Josh. Oh, different. Oh, sorry, were. the other version of offensive. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were offensive. Yeah, to the eye at times, um, which is such a shame because Craven Cottage is such a nice place. It's a shame to slip all over the place. Um, but yeah, uh, be be sure to tune in Thursday because we'll be doing a transfer deadline day special. Um, I don't know how much of it will make it to air uh, in terms of podcast-wise, so just make sure you're on for the actual live stream. We can talk about it, see what's going on for the day. feel like we're going to be those ones at like an empty car park in in England that are just like clearly nothing's ever happening. They've just got a pizza brought in, and they're just sort of – they've got it for the staff, but no one's actually doing anything. Yeah, or it's like someone's pranked it. It's just (laughs) – they're just like, no, we didn't order this pizza. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to see an offensive player come in, and I and I think they're clearly after one. Um, but whether we do or not, that's a totally different uh, different kettle of fish. Um, I did see in the chat uh, that people have not been so convinced by McAllister, but last few match last few matches he's really started to impress. Um, tell you what, I was impressed by how cool he slammed away that penalty today. Um, that was something we've sorely lacked. Um, but he looked very confident placing it and he looked very confident hitting it, which is something we haven't seen all year, really, last year. Um, so it was nice to see that. Um, and I think we've obviously got our penalty taker for now, nailed down. Uh, no doubt about it. <laughs> By the way, I'm just laughing because while while we're talking, you've just had that sort of back and forth about analytics and stats. Albion Analytics have just put out sort of a bunch of sort of medal number one data about Alexis McAllister um, and ball recoveries and interceptions and stuff about being a standout. I, 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 if the, <laughs> arguably, if there was a, 
if there was a half decent, mildly okay-ish player in a Brighton shirt today, it maybe it was Alexis, but I'm not I'm not giving anyone a an award or a pat on the back after that one, I don't think. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But no, you can take a good penalty. You, I, like last time, he makes me nervous because he, he spends about five seconds staring into the abyss before, he's, before he actually moves. Um, and I just immediately just then fear for the worst. But he, he does a decent job. And we've, as you say, we've needed that. Um, and yeah, the other positive, and this has been mentioned in the chat too by Inspired, Matome uh, is exciting. And... Uh, I like that he is being given time, more time, frankly, than I expected in these first few games than Pot- from Potter. Um, but he's he looks special. I, I, when I was watching him, I sort of I got drawn towards a very vague, multiple years old movie reference. This might not make any sense to anyone listening, but you remember when Robin Williams first gets the flubber in that movie. And he's sort of jumping around the basketball court. Keep bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. That's how it, I'm flipping this. Yeah, yeah. This is if that is how the ball seems to stick to Matoma's feet. It's it's like it's magnetized or flubberized, just depending on your on your preference. It it just it moves around. It's, I don't know how he does it. Like he's, he's genuinely got the best control ever. I think anyone on our team, and it's fascinating to watch. I, I'm excited to see more of him. That's it. You've got the name of the pod. Yeah. Flubber, the flubber. The flubber at Fulham. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, this is a very unstructured episode, isn't it, boys? Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, I expected to go in that direction. Yeah, sorry about that. It's, no, it's just uh, a, a reflection of the performance as well, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. It feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so Enoch Wepu's getting a lot of hate on the interwebs. Um, I would like to be a voice of reason there, though, uh, and tell people to calm down a little bit uh, because he was very good for us last year when fit, uh, when played in his position of choice and not as a false nine shadow striker and gaunch. Uh, so <laughs> please just give me a little less less shit. Um, I thought he played really well last year. Uh, he had an absolute mare today, uh, but it's also worth noting that he, has an, he had an absolute shocker of a performance at Burnley first game when he actually made a start last season as well uh, and quickly picked up the fitness and the pace. I think it's a guy, I think he's just a guy that needs games. Um, and with Lalana out, I think he's probably going to get them. Um, I would just like to see him getting them uh, with, with a striker to play against uh, or play with um, because he just looks better that way. He looked better with, with more pay up front when he played alongside or kind of just behind him and he looked great with Welbeck. Um, but I would, I would love to see uh, if we're going to go for a back four again, at any point in time, uh, I would love to see those two Estepinion and, uh, and, and Mitoma combine on that left-hand side, because that was where all the danger was coming from at the end. If there was anything going to happen, it was from Mitoma. And I think that, uh, inspired it was inspired right ox inspired ox inspired um i would like to see him come on and play it it seems like the 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 user who said it has watched a lot of him for usg um he thinks that he can play at that pace for 180 minutes so why are we not playing him get him on um i would love to see him start he's he's clearly a very talented kid 
I say kid, he's 26. He's not young, is he? <laughs> to, to me, he's young. But uh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I still don't really think there's a, a place in the side from Wepu just with the people that we have right now, the players that we have. Uh, if, if Gilmore does arrive, yeah, I think you have the, I'll call it a luxury of playing Wepu, a, a player that frankly doesn't look particularly happy when he has to make a tackle. Um, feels like a, a yellow card machine in that in that realm, but I do like him going forward. Uh, more of Matoma. With that opinion, I think with hindsight, Potter might have brought him on a little slower based on the mistakes we've seen and what we've talked about. Because let's be honest with it, with ourselves, Trossard at left wing back was looking all right. It, it, and I don't didn't think I'd ever say that, but he's played better at left wing back this season than he has in his normal position. Uh, that's just the way it's been. So I think we've upset a bit of the balance there. And if you do move Trossard to left wing back, you've got more options further up the field to actually have a Matoma on as opposed to anything else. So I think there's some tweaks Potter can make a little bit. Yeah. I, he has more space at left wing back, really, doesn't he? I think it's the defensive duties that you kind of worry about attacking, not a problem. If he if he has fresh air in front of him, I think he can do damage, and I think that's what we've been seeing. Um, but I think it, it also it wouldn't do Estepinion any favours if we suddenly swapped it out now. I think he also needs a run of games to make sure that he's getting well suited and adapted. So, um, yeah, there's... There's a few changes that you can make, but back to Josh's original point, like Wepu needs to be in a position where he can be dangerous um, as opposed to feeding off scraps or being in a system that stylistically doesn't fit him. Yeah, I, I think you're right with S. opinion. You kind of can't really pull him now, but at the same time, he was. you saw him when he got subbed off, he was pretty angry. I think he threw an armband on the floor. Like You could tell he was annoyed with his performance, which you know he probably would be when you essentially give a goal up. But, um, yeah. He's also a player that I'm, I'm sure they're going to look at trying to be that left-sided centre-back as well at some point because that's where Kukurea and, and Trossard were so disgustingly good together. Uh, is that not Colwell? Is it? I don't know. Like, for, uh, for 12 months, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think we'd probably rather see if Esther Pinion can do it. Um, he's obviously got, I mean, he's got the the, the intangibles more, more than Kukurea had. Yeah. To be to be that kind of marauding centre half, uh, and it would do it would give us more options everywhere else. Um, here's here's a controversial one. Uh, well, not for you, Adam. I think I think you're going to be like clapping. Uh, should we just drop Solly now? Oh, I was going to say I was literally going to ask you: Are we allowed to talk about Solly Marshall? Yeah, I think mad? we have to because uh, there's only so much goodwill a player can have when they miss so many chances. Um, and I, I posted a stat about it the other day of how good XG-wise Pascal Gross has been. And I think he had, he's had like three or three goals off of one XG, like 1.7 or something like that, or like 1.3. Solly March, he's way underperforming his stats. And I suspect it's going to look a lot uglier tomorrow when FB ref update it. <laughs> it's not like it's going to look worse again. He's, he's obviously, he does a lot for the team in the role he's playing at that kind of right wing back, pushing right wing back as well. Um, and actually, again, we're all over the place here, but special shout out to some of those disgustingly good diagonals that Dunk was playing out to him today, by the way. It's about the only good thing Dunk did all day. 
but those diagonals out to him, every time I see him do one, I just think like, how can Gareth Southgate not think this is a player that can play out of the back? Uh, he, he can do all of the versions of playing out of the back. Um, but he can't finish those chances. Trossard can when he plays left wing back. Craig, do you want to say something here before I sort of get no, attacked? No, I no, I'm I'm in agreement. I think as he's a good player, he is, and he he does well in what he's being asked to do. But then, just that end product is lacking. Um, and like you said, there's only so much underperformance you can make before a change needs to be made. Um, so we do need to start looking at that. In okay. Who who else? And I think that it also comes to, you know, who else are we going to put in that position? You know, is is Lamptey ready as that right wing back to to do that um, for 75, 80 minutes? Um, you know, I agree, though. I think it, it's a discussion around, OK, if he is underperforming in that department and we need him to perform in that department, then something needs to be changed or or we need to look at alternatives. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Solly's a bad player at all. I think he does some um, uh, incredible stuff for the team. I, I really do, and that's why he stuck around so long. Uh, he is not to be too crude from a business sense. He's cheap to the club, one of our lowest earners, um, and I think he plays above. In some ways, he plays above his ability. Um, you can put him pretty much anywhere. You can do do what you want with him, like, and, he, and he does a decent job, but. There is, a, in my mind, and people might not like this, there's a cap on his ability. And we're seeing that. You are seeing live where Solly March stops being uh, uh, able to play at a high level in the Premier League. And that's he, he's, he can do everything, but he can't really be a clinical finisher. Um, maybe I'll be proven wrong there if he starts smashing him in in the next few games. And I will eat a ton of humble pie, I promise you. Uh, but that's not bad, by the way. Like, I think there's... Side note, if you go on the Brighton uh, subreddit, firstly, it's pretty rubbish. There's not a lot of posts on there, and I think we as a community need to do better with that. Um, but someone made a post about Solly the other day, and it pretty, it's pretty innocuous. It was just like, he's not been doing well. He's not scoring. Is it, is it worth switching him out for someone else for the next few games? Like, not even that harsh. Like, that's okay. You can you can say that. And he this, this poor person just got absolutely ripped to shreds. Like the most upvoted comment was seriously, what is up with these shit for brains posts? Uh, blah, blah, blah. All these fun black holes can do is jump on Reddit and have a go at a player who doesn't score goals. He's not a clinical finisher, boo-hoo. We were playing Gillingham a couple of decades ago. Please fuck off if you're not happy with the top four of the Prem, you utter cretins. So that was the most upvoted comment in response to questioning whether Solly March should start for um, the, a Premier League team. Um, Solly, Solly wasn't scoring at Gillingham either. <laughs> so, oh, another one was just one of our own, not a striker. I love Solly, won't have a bad word said about him. You can be a fan of the team and you can also look at things and go, you know what? Yeah, he does a lot of things really well, but maybe there are areas for improvement. We're a, we're a team knocking on the door of European football, truly if we play things correctly over the next season or two, is Solly March, ask yourself, is Solly March the starter for a European football club playing the the Europa League? I I won't answer that for you, but it's up to you to make that decision. It's okay to have this discussion. 
think it's probably a rhetorical question, Adam, at this point. <laughs> um, and I like I I see the value he brings absolutely. Yeah, but he ain't. But he ain't uh, Europa. Audi League or whatever, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um he's just not and that's that's okay as well. Um yeah, it's <laughs> that's why I try and stay away from the online communities as much as I can um for, for nonsense like that. Um <laughs> yeah. on, uh, something else that I'm sure is going to keep Albion fans uh, absolutely not losing their minds. Uh Facundo Bruinote uh, the the lad we were about to sign uh, for ten million quid uh, is off. They're no longer selling him. Uh, the club president has decided they are not going to sell him. He is not for sale, uh, and Albion can go shove it. Uh, so that little <laughs> random South American signing, uh, he was going to stay on loan at Rosario for the rest of the year anyway. Uh, but that little random South American poacher maneuver uh, has fallen through. Um, as is South American transfer <laughs> tradition at this point, it uh, feels like. Um, so that deal is off. Uh, that's just broke. Uh, this is the one that literally 24 hours ago, Teva said was the next Messi. Is this sort of any relationship between those two events unfolding? You think he's uh, You think they're trying to do the rounds before Thursday, see if he can go somewhere else? <laughs> Wouldn't you? I probably would. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, interesting to note, Tony Bloom was in attendance today. Um no one else will have seen a clearer picture than him today as to whether he needs to get some maneuver in doing behind the scenes by Thursday. Um, but I need to ask because this is, this is the rules of the podcast and I have to do it. Um, I need your man of the match today, boys. I, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, the, the easy one is obviously McAllister who actually gave us uh, a semi-decent performance against anyone else. Uh, it's such an easy way out. Um, but again, the excitement of Lamptey and Matoma actually trying to do something as well. Um, it's just, it was a very good point. I might have to go to him, but I, I'll do I'll do my duties and I'll, I'll say McAllister just because I, I thought he was semi-decent today compared to the rest of the team. You didn't hear us laughing in the chat while while, while Craig was talking because we were mute because Mikey suggested the ball boy. Uh, yeah, my, my two men in the match don't play for Brighton. Uh, the the first would be Mitrovic again. Credit credit was due. I thought he was stellar. Mm. Second man of the match for me, the, the linesman on the right side of the pitch in the second half because that way didn't wave offside when Undev was genuinely was maybe yeah. 40 yards offside. <laughs> it was all, was it? I don't know. Just, he just was looking there. And this guy was pretty hench. Like, he looked like he bench pressed quite a lot. So I don't think too many of the fans nearby him were shouting too much abuse. But it was one of the most egregious failed to raise a flag offside decisions I think I've ever seen. And then we got a call. Imagine if we scored from that corner. <laughs> Just incredible. Alex voting for Aaron Connolly. Third, I did think the ref was actually really good. I think it was his first Premier League game. Um, it was. Yeah. Let a lot of like silly little challenges go and let the game flow for a fair amount. He made a, one bad decision at the end where Trossard got fouled and it should have been a free kick, but I thought he was genuinely impressive. So outside of those three, um, if I need to pick a Brighton player, it would have probably been 
I, I, genuinely, it might just be Alexis again. I might just have to copy you. I, I don't think there's anyone else that he was even close to being acceptable. Yep, I'm joining the bandwagon. Um, I I can't even pretend to say anybody else. Um, that was it, really. He scored the goal. He looked really good doing it. Like, great pen. And that's about it, really. Um, there was. I thought the ref had a really good game. You can t- the corruption hasn't settled in yet, has it? He's <laughs> he's, he's not had his uh, he's not had his special dinner with Mike Dean yet. Um, so he's been playing playing regular regular refereeing games um, around the league. Uh, there's been a funny couple of funny results today as well, and I think that goes to show that this division last year was really weird, and I think it's continuing in that vein this year, even more so. Uh, because the teams that have come up are stronger um, and the teams that are usually at the top are showing a little bit of just erratic behaviour, your Liverpools and your Man Cities. Um, obviously, we got beat today, uh, but Palace and Brentford drew. Um, Palace have been in great form and Brentford held them off. Uh, I think they scored late. Southampton dicked on Chelsea 2-1. Uh, where has that come from? Like Southampton are the weirdest team in the league. Uh, and then Leeds and Everton, a team that came, went off to a beautiful start and a team that are absolutely appalling um, came away with a one-all draw at Elland Road. Where do you would expect Leeds to bounce back after that defeat at the Amex uh, and couldn't do it and didn't look like they were favourites to do it at all. Um, it's uh, it's only early on, obviously. Um, Arsenal, City and Spurs all play tomorrow. Um, so they could all bounce well ahead of us. Uh, not that we're genuinely chasing the top group, but uh, those all play tomorrow. Um, so you would expect them to pull away. But I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a very, very strange division. And uh, I think that you, we were just talking about this weekend. Or no, we were talking about it two nights. Whenever we played FIFA together, Adam, how uh, it's blurred it's at this point. It's yeah. impossible to know. It's impossible to know who's going to get relegated this year because there's about 12 teams that could be down there at this point. And we've not even talked about the fact that we've already had a managerial firing. Um, turns out you don't lose 9-0 and then essentially say it could happen again because your your chairman and board aren't giving you any money to strengthen your squad and keep your job. Uh yeah, you just, put up a days since last nine nil sign in the board yeah. room and wonder why you got fired now. <laughs> yeah, so don't if you're in employment and listening, don't don't do that uh, or the equivalent. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, it's easy to say, "Oh, Bournemouth look bad, Leicester look bad," but we're all just reading off of a four game sample size that isn't really particularly helpful to anyone. Anything can happen. Like if you remember back, even 10, 15 games into last year, I think everyone was there was. 100% X, Y, and Z are going down. Newcastle was my favourite one to remember. And look where they ended up um, with a small injection of money, not um, from the Saudi royal family. Yeah, I don't, Chelsea's my most is the most amusing one to me because if you didn't like how we played today, um, imagine being a Chelsea fan and them deciding to just, that's their tactic for the season <laughs> because... <laughs> That's what they've done. Uh, yeah, we'll just get rid of all of our strikers and we'll sort of see what happens. Uh, and you lose to Southampton. Uh, so that's what they've done. And now they're going to have to give Barcelona a sort of 17th lever and buy Aubameyang on deadline day, who's 33, 34 years old, in the hopes that maybe they have a striker. So, yeah, there's lots of funny silliness going on in the Premier League. 
good stuff. It'd be yeah, it would be a funny few days as well. Obviously, we'll we'll come back together for deadline day, but I think we're going to see a fair bit of movement. I mean, Chelsea have spent what quarter of a billion at this point in this <laughs> like this summer. Forest, the Forest so, will sign another fifteen players in two yeah, years. The Forest, Forest are going for the record. Um, I'd be interested to see what the other teams do. Um, there's there's a few few knocking about. I think I saw Barber saying you never know what's going to happen. So maybe maybe even we'll see some movement. Who knows? And on that on that subject, uh, the quietest team in the transfer window in the Premier League this year are our next opponents, and that's Leicester City. Uh, Brennan Rodgers, not happy. Uh, he actually came out in a press conference today talking about the fact that nothing's happened, so why would he expect it to be any different by Thursday? Or he better not lose 9-0 in his next game then. But yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, the people were getting spicy after Scott got fired. Uh, but... Yeah, he's uh, he's had no help from the board at all, which I, uh, which is generally a bit weird uh, because Leicester are generally a really well-run club. Uh, looks like they've really just not moved at all. And when you're not moving in the Prem, you're going backwards, aren't you? So uh, they're they're an interesting one. They've had a terrible start to the season. Uh, they they lost to Arsenal, they lost to Southampton, they lost to Chelsea, and they drew with Brentford uh, opening day of the season, which is always just like a weirdo one anyway isn't it you never know what's going to happen there um and they don't play until thursday so that turnaround is very short for them we get basically most of a full week off um they will be playing thursday night against a reinvigorated for what it's worth manchester united uh that have been playing a lot quicker pace lately which is nice <laughs> they couldn't get much slower um so they're gonna they're gonna put in some some work uh this this time you know two days from now um, and this is a team that doesn't look like they're going to strengthen. If they do, they're not going to be ready for, for Sunday. So we're going to be playing whatever's put in front of us now um, and could well be close to, if not, bottom of the league uh, when they come visiting. Because, um, they, I mean, they already are. But what, uh, what, are, what are we expecting from this one? Historically, Leicester are a tough team for us to play. Um, but they are there, especially down in the dumps lately. So, what are we? What are we expecting? Um, it's always tough when they haven't played yet, so we don't know what their like injury statuses look like and stuff like that. But what's the feeling going into the Amex uh, after that performance at Craven Cottage and knowing what what level Leicester are at right now? I mean, they could very well have, what one point from five if they don't do too well against Man United. They just lost to a 10-man Chelsea who just got beat by Southampton. So, you know, this this league is weird. Um, they have some good players still. Of course they do. But it, it depends, you know. There's rumours about Madison and Tielemans going as well. You know, you don't really know who you're actually going to come up against until <laughs> until Friday morning. But even then, when you do have people come in, um, we don't know. But just no investment whatsoever. Um, you've got a 35, 36-year-old Jamie Vardy up front. I mean, he's still quality, but, you know, he's he's getting on a little bit. Um, it's just a, a strange one where you would have seen some movement, especially when they were so high up in the table for the last few years. Um, I still think it's going to be a really tough game, though. I reckon they'll, they'll do well. Um, very lucky last year uh, at home as well. So, um We'll have to sort of just back to the drawing board, come up with a come up with a solid game plan that we're not going to cancel ten minutes into the game, and I, I think we should be okay. Oh, get the cliche horn ready because this is a this is a must win game 
in my mind for us against Leicester because it, you come off this aberration that's just occurred against Fulham. Leicester are rock bottom of the table right now. Look horrendous. Morale is destroyed. Uh, as you say, no new signings. Rogers probably going to walk or Is he the favourite to lose his job next? It wouldn't surprise me. I, don't, I haven't looked at the betting market. They've got to play Man U, as you say, who are hopefully maybe on the up. They'd just be reinvigorated by Casemiro and uh, spending a hundred million on a Brazilian winger from there, Divisio. Why not? Anthony sounds good. Uh, but to me, that strikes me as I guarantee Leicester beat Man U because why not? That's this year, and this is how it's going to go. But we have to then beat them at home after this Fulham game and then being tired and having to work their way out of this horrendous hole that they're going in. The only injection that they're going to be getting is from my favourite new charity that spun up, the the, the Todd Bowley uh, investment fund uh, to, to buy Fofana for some egregious amount of money. Uh, maybe he'll get to spend that, but even if he does, the player's not going to be in the starting lineup on by the time we play them this weekend. We have to beat them because... I know, in, and you, maybe you guys feel this as well, maybe we've been burnt too many times. If we lose that game, we've lost the game against Fulham. If we lose or don't win against Leicester, I'd bet an inordinate amount of money that we lose against Bournemouth away. Just it's because, those, uh, why not? It's those six games on the bounce feeling, isn't it? Oh, come yeah. Off a, come off a really good run of form and then get pumped 4-0 by Burnley. Uh, the performance yeah. today wasn't quite that bad, but it was. Uh, it wasn't. It had shades of it, didn't it? Um, just to address two things in the chat, Alex K, have we mentioned the absolute shock of the linesman have with that undab chance? Yes, we have. He was my man uh, of the match, yeah. He was, yeah. Muck and Mad Boy 10, uh, I wasn't able to catch the match due to work. Was the starting lineup the right decision? No. Uh, and so was everybody else confused by it. <laughs> he but, didn't know his uh, short, concise, correct task. It, I read your comment and it was, it was, uh, I like that you're so innocent with it, but it almost felt like you were trolling to me. That's how bad the lineup and the decision was. Uh, that's how bad it was. So yeah, don't, don't watch it back. Um, so we will be back Thursday uh, for the transfer deadline day stuff. Um, we'll just air it and see what happens. Uh, probably Jack all, but we'll try. Um, we'll try and send the vibes over to get them to do something fun. Um, and then we'll be back this weekend uh, for Leicester review um see how that goes uh and i i don't i don't totally disagree with you i don't think any game is must win really unless it's like staying up or whatever but i think it's as close to especially mentality wise uh and with us if we want to make the amex uh actually a home <laughs> fixture again um this one's a big one uh we we need to have a better home record than away record i'm sick of seeing it the other way yeah. around yeah um and this is about as good as it gets. Like you say, this is this game is one that they are there for the taking, um, and we need to be seeing a like a comfortable win, uh, not a Leeds where like we should have won by three, but one by one, and they had a like a chance or two at the end because of our own stupidity. We need we need this to be a two or three nil win where like they didn't they didn't look in it like Watford last year, um, but I, I I hate to put that kind of level of performance on anyone. That's yeah. what I think it needs to look like. Completely agree. We're looking for that bounce back as well, isn't it? Just making sure that we don't go on a barren run like that. Because if we, like you said, if we do lose the Leicester game, then you sort of get into that confidence territory where we, we could be losing multiple on a bounce. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Important, important they pick back up. 
we see a response. Right, well, the, well back straight back in. Well back straight back in, uh, but I'm not. I, I'm not panicked after this game. This game was so stupid <laughs> against Fulham that I, I don't want to use it as part of any kind of assessment. Like it just felt like a. It's an outlier. Just nah, that we weren't there for that. Let's let's yeah. go on. Let's pick back up where we were before. It was it was chaotic. It was shambolic, and it was just one to forget. Just let's just pretty much sweep it away. Uh, unless we get pumped again on Sunday, in which case it was actually just a growing trend. And then we Potter out, send him to Villa. Sick of him. <laughs> yep, get him gone. Send him to Leicester. Straight swap, Brandon Rogers. Uh, all right, that's everything. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in a couple of days. Busy week. Um, so yeah. have a wonderful day and a half, and we'll speak again soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers, everyone. Nice one. Thank you.